Um, if you're, this is your first time with us, and even if it's not, we've been talking about for the last few weeks how we want to come together and we want to talk about um, where God has us as a church. Um, so this is going to look fundamentally different from what we usually do on a Sunday morning. So there's going to be a lot of different people walking up front here telling you some opportunities about what's going on at Buffalo City Church. How the Lord is moving in our midst and, and uh, what we expect God to be doing here in the upcoming year um, as we end out, round out 2016 and move into, into 2017. I think it's fitting that we, we are together on, on September 11th, and I was thinking, even as Mark was talking about the fact that um, we all kind of remember where we were at in 2001 on September 11th, and, and I was in, in 10th grade uh, Spanish class, um, and I really remember that, and, and my mind just started working as he was saying that, and, and just propelling me to think about, like, how did that affect me and my growth and my development as, a, as an individual? Um, and I think it really catapulted me to an understanding. And being in 10th grade and not having a fully formed frontal lobe, um, <laughs> it, I, I could not have expressed that then, and I probably couldn't even express it until just a couple minutes ago. But I think that it's really important for us as, as a people to recognize as Buffalo City Church, as we come together and as we start to talk about where God has us and where he's taking us, to understand that this is the primary means. The church, the people of God coming together is the primary means by which we are, um, by which God's mission is being carried out in our communities, right? So, so this right here is what it looks like. We get together once a week and we're going to talk about a lot of things that we're doing but ultimately, at the root of what's going on is the mission of Buffalo City Church. And this is how we state it for those of you who are unaware. Um, we exist to make disciples who make disciples of Jesus Christ. And that means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. We'll start defining that. And if, if you spend time here, if you've spent significant time here, you start to understand and grasp what, what it means to be a disciple of Jesus, what it means to be a follower of Jesus. We're moving out of, of something that's simple and low-lying to something that's incredibly costly. It costs us our lives. We're not, we're, not a, we're not a group of people who, 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 who modify the on-ramp to get on at a, at, a, at a low speed so that we can get there, but we are people who wholeheartedly want to follow after Jesus. So something that's radically informed us as, as a group of people, um, if you do have your Bibles, go ahead and grab it. I'm just going to talk about this for a couple of minutes. Um, something that's radically informed us is, is Hebrews 10, verses 24 and 25 specifically, but I sort of want to back up a little bit. And I just, I sat down with this text this morning, um, and I didn't, I didn't necessarily um, go into it deep, but, but I, wanna, I just want to point out a couple things. You can go back to verse 19. Let's just read verse 19 of Hebrews 10 um, through verse 25. Therefore, brethren, since we have confidence to enter the holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he inaugurated for us through the veil, that is, his flesh, and since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us... Draw near with a sincere heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and, a, and bodies washed with pure water. And verse 23, let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And then verse 24, and let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good works, not forsaking our own assembling together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing. Near. So you see, I emphasize there in verse 22 and verse 23 and verse 24, the admonition to let us, and then a, a, a compelling argument based on the blood of Jesus and what he has done, right? He has made a way. Even before this, in, in, in chapter 10, the author of Hebrews gives us what, what Christ's sacrifice means for us, and that it's sufficient for us, right? And then he comes into it, and he says, therefore, therefore, since then, since then, the, the sacrifice that Jesus made is sufficient for us. Since we have confidence to enter into the holy place now, by the blood of Jesus, we have the ability to enter and to exist in direct communion with God. By a new living way, he inaugurated for us through the veil that is his flesh, the veil that separated people from God in the holy, the holy of holies, the presence of God that has been torn, it's been torn asunder. And now the new veil that we have that we enter into the presence of God is by the flesh of Jesus Christ, broken body on the tree. And since we have a great high priest, that's Jesus, over the house of God, and then these let us statements. Let us draw near, verse 23, let us hold fast, and let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds. And so verse 24 and 25 has really given us this prompting as a, as a body, 
and has really, uh, really caused us to think, what does it mean for us to stimulate one another or to stir up in one another the love and good works that the author of Hebrews is talking about? And then in verse 25, this is where we start to get it wrong as churches in America. Not forsaking our own assembling together as the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. We see not forsaking our own assembling, your Bible might say meeting together. We, we immediately default, as people, we immediately default to not forsaking a meeting. That's not what we're about. Not forsaking a meeting, no, we're not forsaking the meeting together. Meeting is action. Meeting, meeting requires that we're together, that we're actively living in the lives of the others around us, on our left and our right this morning. Uh, not forsaking the meeting together. The meeting is not a noun. It's a, it, it is a describer. It is describing what we're doing together. And then we see that as the negative example comes out in the second half of verse 25, as is the habit of some. How long does it take to form a habit? Like 30 days, right? Is the habit of some to, to forsake the meeting together. But encouraging one another, and all the more as you say the, see the day drawing near. We're a people who have been promised a resurrection in Jesus, and that's our trajectory. If we're in Christ, we're being daily, we're made more like Jesus, and we're moving in that trajectory towards, uh, towards re uh, the day that, we, that this will all go away, and that consummation will happen, and we will exist together in perfect communion with God the Father in heaven. That is what we're going, that is our inheritance. And so this morning, I just want you to keep this in mind as we start talking about things. We're going to start talking about like some real practical stuff. But keep this in mind. This is the mission of Buffalo City Church, to not forsake the meeting together as is the habit of some, but, but existing together and stirring one another up to, to the love and good works that the author of Hebrews is talking about. So again, mission of Buffalo City Church. We exist to make disciples who make disciples of Jesus Christ. That's not a program. It's not a method. It's, it's practical obedience to what God has called us together as people. So right now, what we're going to do then is we're going to start talking about some of the things that we have going on. And we're going to be excited about them this morning. Um, so let me pray for us. And then Mark is going to pop up here and he's going to talk a little bit about community groups. Um, and then Blaze is going to come up and talk about uh, what it means to be on mission in our, in our communities. Lord God, we thank you this morning that we can come together and assemble as your people. Lord God, we love you. Um, and we know oftentimes we don't. We, we, our minds are far from this place. Lord God, there's a lot of things that this day evokes in us. Lord, and I pray that, that our minds would be clear and that we would be focused and that our focus would, would, would transcend those things and be placed, fixated clearly and concisely on you. Lord, in Psalm 25, you write, I fix my eyes ever on the Lord for you'll pluck my feet from the net. Lord God, and so the net this morning might be a whole host of things for us in our world. It might be the fact that it's week one of NFL Sunday. God, I pray that you would pluck our feet out of the net, that we would clearly see you at work here in this community. It is a great honor and privilege to be here. But I pray that we would not take that for granted today. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen. So as we grappled with what does it look like to plant a church, one of the main things we grappled with was mission. And what we've adopted is our mission, as Caleb has said, is we exist to make disciples who make disciples. So as spiritual leaders, myself and Caleb and the elders, we take that really, really seriously. Now, how many of you have ever asked somebody, or you yourself have been asked, where do you go to church? <laughs> totally, because that's what we do. But do you also understand that church isn't a place we go? The church is who we are through Christ's redemption. So then the follow-up question was, why do you go to church? Well, most people's understanding of that is, well, there is this kind of duty to fulfill. And if I go to church and do this, then you know when I die, hopefully I'll be in glory with the Father. Those who receive Christ and have a true understanding of Scripture know that that's error. That's not correct thinking about our relationship with Christ. So Coming back to the essence of the gospel, which is making disciples who make disciples, there's some really important criteria in that and how that works and how that flows. And all you really have to do, it's not rocket science, you look at the life of Jesus. What did he do? He spent time with men and women pouring into them, just being with them, eating meals with them, living life together, speaking truth to each other. 
Well, you know what? That's what the church is called to do. So the church isn't a place where you go to have some guy stand in front of you and give a message every week, although that's a piece of it, it's a part of it, it's not the biggest part. The church isn't a place where you go so you can walk away feeling like you've received your spiritual vitamins for the week and now you can go face a week. Uh, the, 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 the church is the place where we experience the presence of God in our own mission together. For Buffalo City Church, the, the main way that, that we have perceived that the Lord's calling us to that is through community groups. Now, some of you are looking at me like, who is this guy? I have to confess, I've been gone a month, and I've seen a lot of faces I've never seen before this morning. This is great. And you know what? Six weeks from now, chances are, if we don't make an intentional effort, we're still going to be strangers. Because an hour on Sunday isn't enough to develop the intimacy and the relationship that's needed to be on mission together truly. So through community groups, that is the expression of that intimacy. Now, I, I want to adjure you, admonish all of us who are here today, if you feel like your heart is being stirred by the Holy Spirit to align with Buffalo City Church, what that means is more than just a Sunday morning experience. That means investing in community, which means at some point you're going to have to take that step and understand, oh, there are four or five community groups. There are different community group leaders. Larry, hi Larry, wait, there's one here, Caleb's one. Um, Blaze, where are you? Here you are. Blaze is another one. And as the Lord raises up the church, he'll raise up other leaders. You're going to have to approach us and say, hey, well, we'd love to get involved in the community. What does that look like? I promise when you do that, then all of a sudden you'll see church very differently because it's not just about a Sunday morning experience. So guys, come on, talk about this a little bit more. Uh, who's leading off? Blaze, are you? <laughs> Um, so, as we live in community, right, and as Mark mentioned, that's truly living life together, right, it's, it's going through the everyday, the, the difficult things, the challenging things, it's, it's really getting, I think as Caleb has described it, you know, it's kind of the, the muddiness of life, right, and so, one of the key elements of, of community groups, however, because it can be easy for the church to start to start looking inward focused, right? To where, oh, we have this great group of friends, we meet together in community, we're meeting each other's needs, right? But the first goal as we talk about community groups is to encourage one another to identify opportunities to live missionally where we live, work, and play, right? And that's in direct uh, explanation of our of our mission, right? To make disciples who make disciples. And, and the Lord has placed us where we live and where we work and where we play for a specific purpose, right? And that's to build relationships with the people around us. And so we have to be very, very intentional and very focused about reaching out to people around us to share with them the gospel, right? To invite them into community, whether that's this Sunday morning worship session or or maybe it's into community group to say, hey, have, come to a meal with us. Join our family and come learn what it looks like and, and what, um, see what it is to love Jesus together, right? And to, to encourage each other. And so, as we've looked at this this past year, uh, living missionally has been a little bit of a challenge for our community groups. And that's okay. Um, as, we, as we started to get to know each other and we started to grow as a family, you know, that inward focus is part of it, right? Because you're getting to know each other. You're getting to understand what Kellen and his family needs, right? And how I can get to know them and meet their needs and, and how Austin and Kelly, what they need and, and how they can be served. And so that's okay, but as we look forward to this next year, we want to be very, very intentional or, or more focused towards that missional mindedness. And so, um, and so, Kellen and I have been kind of praying over the last couple weeks and, and talking about ways uh, to where our community groups, and, and Kellen's going to come up and, and share a couple of the, I guess, kind of strategies or things that we're looking at. Um, but I'm just going to encourage us, um, and I would encourage you as, you as you consider right now and as you leave this place, that you would consider and understand 
and think about where God's putting you right now. All right, where God, who God has you interacting with, where God has placed you in your work, in your extracurricular activities. Who is God asking me to develop a relationship with? All right, and I know I can be the first one to admit there's a lot of relationships in my life that I'm kind of ignoring, right? That there's that person at work who has an issue that I haven't quite asked them about because I don't want to go there yet, right? But if we, if we think about that and we're intentional about that, that's how we're going to be living missionally and sharing the gospel. So, Kellen, you want to talk a little bit about the state? So, yeah, as, as Blaze has mentioned in, in Caleb and Mark, uh, with community groups, we're very intentional about being missional. And we as followers of Christ must be deeply rooted in service, you know, whether it's to an individual or a group activity. Uh, what, using our resources that we've been given, whether it's our finances or of our time, or the gifts, simply the gifts that God has bestowed upon us. I mean, Jason, look it up him. Here he's shredding, shredding the guitar. He's, he's serving the Lord with his heart. We know that he's, he, his heart and his mind and his soul is put into doing this. You can see him when he's playing. He's physically into it. He's serving the Lord. So um, as Blaze had said, uh, we've been approached to, to kind of think of ways that we can kind of spur each other on and, and brainstorm really on ways and methods that we can use our resources as a group and individually to, to serve the Lord and be missional. So if you are part of a community group, uh, pretty soon you're going to be seeing, uh, coming to you soon, you're going to be seeing kind of a brainstorming session or like a little type of an individual kind of community group survey type of thing for activity for us to be doing. And just kind of brainstorming and praying as a group, whether you can serve somebody individually, within our community groups, and within our, our corporate church setting. Uh, there's, there's various ways that we as a community can be serving each other and the rest of this community. So soon we're also going to be creating a, kind of a communication tool or a vehicle to, uh, to notify others across community groups of, of service activities that might be planned that might be bigger than just one community group can handle, or whether it's just something that we're, we're saying, hey, we're doing this, if you wanna help and come and be invited, it's a, a way for you to kind of sign up, put it on your calendar, let yourselves know that there's gonna be opportunities moving forward for you to serve. So we're going to transfer now, we're going to, we were talking about communities, we're going to talk about community groups and, and those sorts of things. Now we're going to transfer towards uh, a, a few other things that are happening within the context of the local church. I'm going to invite the Larry and the hospitality folks to come up. We're going to talk about how we as a people can be together um, regularly, just in togetherness, and, uh, and be expressing uh, who we are as people. So I'm going to hand it over to Larry, you can grab the mic from Mark, and, uh, and take it away. Good morning, glad to see all of you here this morning. And uh, so we're the hospitality group this morning, but uh, uh, what does hospitality look like? Um, I like pastors sometimes, they look up the Hebrew word, the Greek word, the German word. No, I'm not going to follow the word. I found, I found the Greek, Greek meaning of hospitality, and it means love for strangers. Now, it's easy for me to call Caleb and go, hey, Caleb, let's get together have coffee or a meal together, that's no problem, because I know Caleb, and, and he knows me, and I feel comfortable, but real hospitality, biblical hospitality, has to do with love. It's an action thing, like we've been hearing quite a bit about this morning, that uh, love, loving your neighbor, loving your strangers, love for strangers, obviously, has to come from your soul deep in. It's not something you can just pretend to do. So, and I found this... Uh, also searching uh, online this week, getting ready for today, here's a, something I really like. It said, hospitality has nothing to do with our homes, what our homes look like, whether it's a tent, a pub tent, or you know, a three-bedroom home, but it has everything to do with our heart. Hospitality has everything to do with our heart. So you have to have a heart for people, you have to have a heart for strangers, um, and hospitality does that. And hospitality is also a virtue that both is commanded and commended through scripture. 
And here's just a few examples that I found about that. Hebrew 13.2, do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers for there by some have entertained angels unaware. Wow. How is God going to keep us accountable for that? Whew. I sent one of my angels there and you just kind of ignored him and you went by him because he wasn't dressed like you or he didn't look like you. He didn't have a job that you had. So hospitality has to include those things. Another verse I, I like too is 1 Peter 4, 9. Show hospitality to one another without grumbling. Oh, yeah, without grumbling. You know, we can take someone out to eat, and boy, Pizza Ranch is going to do all our work for us. But man, if we have them come over to the house, our kids might mess our house up, or we're going to have dishes. Dishwasher's going to be busy. So, uh, yeah, do things without grumbling. And lastly, I like this too, what I found. Jesus showed us the perfect model of hospitality because in Romans 5.8, if you go to that verse, it talks about while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That's it ultimate model of hospitality. Okay, we have Sheila and Emma up, up here. They're going to tell us a little bit about some of the opportunities that we have and also share a few more things about hospitality. Well, I went to the Bible too because I, I guess I think that that's where we go first. Uh, when we're starting to do any kind of a team and a mark, and Caleb had addressed that before and he said we needed a hospitality team and Emma and I said, yep, we'll, we'll call it because we're ready. She's probably brave enough alone, but I'm not. But looking at the Bible, I went to Romans 12 and verses, I'm going to look at verses 9 to 13. You're probably really familiar with these verses anyway. It says, love must be sincere. And hospitality has to start with love for others, I think. Hate what is evil, cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal. <coughs> Keep your spiritual fervor. Serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, that might be the dirty dishes, faithful in prayer, share with God's people who are in need, practice hospitality. And there's our command. It wasn't um, when you feel like it, practice hospitality, we're supposed to do that. The love that Paul is speaking of in this particular selection is not a love, oh, I have that love. It's an active love. Commanded. It's not just to know it, it's to do it. And that's a little bit different. The hospitality team, Emma and I said that we would co-chair it, but also on the hospitality team, the people that have agreed to be the planning team for you, that doesn't mean it's the do-it-all team, it's the planning team. We're also, um, well, this is Emma Kleingartner, um, Tiffany Rudolph, Tiffany Way, where are you, Tiffany, back there, Danielle Schmidt, Danielle, and Jessica Moser. And Jessica said, oh, I've got a couple little kids, so can I be an advisor participant? Absolutely. That's a perfect example of volunteerism, too. Our present responsibilities right now are to plan and to coordinate, to organize four events per year. Last year at Easter, we did an Easter brunch, and I think we just coordinated that. We weren't part of a hospitality team. We were a new church, and uh, we said this would be something that would be important for us, and we did that. And I think that will be a, a continued one if you were here, you kind of said, yeah, that fits us. But to do four events, one per season, such as the upcoming October event that Emma will tell you about. Um, winter meal or winter event that we'll do, of course, the Easter celebration and then the summer event. Those are the main four. But along with that, that we coordinate a, a guest table or hospitality table on Sunday morning and make sure that, um, that your needs are met that way. Hospitality, a big part of that is treating others the way that you would like to be treated, too. And when I come in here and I have a need, I'm thirsty or hungry. Do you remember a scripture about that? To meet the needs of others that are hungry and thirsty. Jesus asked us to do that as well. Along with that, too, if there's other church events, such as a class or a, a meeting that, that um, we've been asked to, we will, we will try and coordinate what's needed there for hospitality, whether it's placement or things to eat or drink, warmth or comfort. And Emma's going to give you the, the kind of lowdown on the upcoming event. I just had a few details. Um, October 2nd is our one-year anniversary of worshiping together on Sunday mornings, and we're going to celebrate by having a fiesta, and um, that'll be here, and along with that, very <laughs> 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 Along with that, um, there will be food. Um, 
goes along with the fiesta. Um, do some fun activities like a pinata, maybe some other things. Um, and yeah, just hope you can join us. Um, I'm not even sure. I think we'll be asking some groups to bring certain things, and so you can watch for that. Um, Our team still will be meeting. Our okay. team she doesn't want to call us to go to the meetings, so we'll be meeting soon and we'll get all the info to the community groups about what all we need. And did I hear you say there would be a piñata? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> you can wear your sombrero too. If you have one hanging yes. in a closet, yeah. by all means, bring your sombrero. Okay, thank you. Okay, so those are some of the opportunities that are coming up for uh, the hospitality part. And Sheila must have forgot something. She's coming back up. Come back up, Sheila. Okay, what else? I was supposed to address how does this opportunity, um, how does this give opportunities to people from our church family? Um, here are some ways because you're not just sitting there watching, you are part of that. Um, the opportunity to serve others, that isn't just the team that coordinates things. We all have that opportunity. The opportunity, I heard it back there, to exercise our spiritual gifts. There are more than the that Emma and I and the other three on that team that have the spiritual gift of hospitality. It gives you the opportunity to exercise that, to join alongside or contribute. Um, the opportunity to share with others. Larry mentioned about sharing, others have mentioned about sharing what we have, Kelly did as well. The opportunity for fellowship. There's a table um, set here usually by 9.30 on, on Sunday morning. The fellowship time of coming a little bit early and visiting and welcoming and and having time to see our family. It's like a little reunion on, on Sunday mornings between 9.30 and 10. And then lastly, but mostly importantly, the opportunity to show love to others, that act of love that we've been asked to, to show. Okay, we're done with hospitality and we have, Julia is gonna talk to us about Buffalo City Kids. Actually, Kids, kids on the Rock. That's what we're going to call Yeah, we just decided that like yesterday. So, um, Kids on the Rock, so we're going to have to get used to saying that. But let me, um, my name is Julia Reeves, and um, I've been kind of heading up the children's ministry here at Buffalo City Church along with my daughter Rebecca, who helped get it, things rolling. And um, we have some amazing volunteers who help us every week and the in-between times. So let me share with you a verse that kind of, um, well, that does go along with our, uh, our new name. And it's found Psalm 31, verse three. Since you are my rock and my fortress, for the sake of your name, lead and guide me. And that, that is our purpose, is to lead and guide our children um, to the rock, Jesus Christ. And we want to partner along with all of our uh, parents and grandparents in raising these children to um, run to the rock and realize that their foundation is the rock. And, you know, in these early years at home and when they do come to church, we are building a foundation on Jesus Christ and helping these children build this foundation. And we can only do that through the word of God and with his and through his truth. And so when we meet together with the children on Sunday mornings, we are bringing the truth. It's just not babysitting. It's not just watching your children. We are pouring the love of Jesus into them. And right now we have some amazing volunteers. And guess what? They're all parents. They're all parents of the children who attend here. And we, we like to stress that we, we need our parents to be part of this ministry that we have over here. And we need others as well. We do have some people who do not have children in the Kids on the Rock, but they come alongside and help us as well. But we also need all of our parents. If your child participates on Sunday mornings, then it's... You know, I don't like to use this word, but I have to use it. It's mandatory that you also serve in that ministry because that's the only way it's going to, to, to function. And it's a great opportunity to, to serve the other families. So like when Rebecca's in there on a Sunday, she's serving all the other families. When Kelly's in there teaching in Austin, they're serving all the other families. And then they bring Lenora 
and Juliet and Abel and Tev and someone else serves them so that they can sit in here and participate and be fed. So that it's just a cycle and that's the purpose of, of all of that. So if currently you are a parent that your children are participating over here and you're not yet serving with us, I would ask you to come and chat with me today. I know some of you, we've been trying to work that out and I think now's the time we can finally get that going. And um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else I wanted to say. Is there anything else? I feel like I'm forgetting something. But um, please do come and talk to me about it. Oh, the older children, that's what it is. We have um, several older children. I see several out here today that are obviously elementary school age. And right now what we have is infants up to preschool age over here. And we've been combining the, um, the elementary school children in with the preschool age. And we feel that it is time to separate them. So starting this month as, um, as needed, if we find on a Sunday morning that we have two or more elementary age children, then we are gonna pull them out during the service and meet out here in the hallway, and we are going to have, provide a Sunday school for them on Sunday mornings. And myself and Brianna, wait, Brianna, we are gonna be the teachers for um, that age group. Um, as, it, as it continues to grow, we're gonna need more teachers. So, um, if you are interested in that age group or any of them, please, please come and talk to me because it's such a blessing to work with children. How many of you have worked with children before in any capacity? Oh, yes. And aren't you just blessed when you get to be with children and their bubbly little selves and their hugs and their kisses? And um, we would love for you to be a part of that. So thank you. So, okay, so now we're going to move into a time where we're going to, actually, I'm going to have my wife come up, Rebecca and Brianna, come on up. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, an opportunity for women. So right now, what I'm going to do then, uh, since we're going to talk about, they're going to talk about women, I'm going to talk to men. Um, men, I, I spent Friday, I took my Friday and took the three kiddos and let Rebecca have a day completely free. Your wives, if you have small children, or if you have children and you, in the past and you know this, your wives, they have a really hard job. Um, and, and I found that out firsthand. So, so here's, here's what I'm imploring you men. This is gonna be an incredible opportunity for women just to get together, to be together in the Word, um, to spend time, to talk about issues that are, are, are happening in uh, a woman's life, whether it's, depends on, no, it, it doesn't matter what stage of life you're in. Um, this is gonna be incredibly important for women at any stage of life. Um, within and, and part of what we want to do at Buffalo City Church is to encourage each other um, as men and women to live according to scripture what the, the defined roles that scripture gives us um, to be men and women at home or, or at work or wherever that happens to be um, so so this is really exciting for me um, if you don't know my wife she's an incredible teacher women if you haven't met her please come and talk to her I know that um, just just phenomenal so we're I'm excited to, to hand it over to her to, to talk a little bit about women's stuff <laughs> and the pressure um, hi everyone we are really excited I'm like over the top excited about this. On October 8th, and Brandon's gonna give you all the details, uh, but on October 8th, we're gonna be starting what will eventually be a Bible study for women. Before we get into actually studying books of the Bible, we're gonna do two different studies. First, um, we're gonna do Seamless, which is by Angie Smith. And what Angie does is she starts with Genesis and goes through Revelation. It's only seven weeks long, and it's gonna give us a comprehensive understanding of the whole Bible. It's going to show us that there's a storyline. It's not just individual books randomly thrown together that we just pick apart rules out of, but it's actually a story, and Christ is the center of that. And it, and it helps us understand where we are in history, the church now, the evangelical church, and how we relate to the Old Testament and what God did then and what he's doing now and what he's going to do when he returns. And so we're going to study that book first this fall, October and November, just seven weeks um, it's very simple and straightforward. She's going to give the details about that. After we do that study, we're going to do a study um, on a book called Women of the Word. And it's a little bit more in-depth. It's going to give us some methods and practical understanding about how to approach the Bible when we do read it. So it's going to 
um, have us ask questions like, what does this say about God? Why was this book written? Who was it written to? What's the context of the culture? And then, importantly, how do I apply this to my life and what does it mean for us now? And so, um, Jen Wilkin wrote that book, Women of the Word, and she really um, helps us, and it, and it sounds a little overwhelming, but it's not. She helps us in a pretty simple way learn how to read our Bibles well, which is important and I think really intimidating to a lot of us. Um, and then finally, after we've kind of got those two things under our belt, we're just going to start doing it. We're going to start reading books of the Bible together. So this is not going to be um, just a book study or an hour of fellowship on Saturday mornings. We're going to come and we're going to allow scripture to transform our minds so that we have a better and clearer picture of who God is. And in light of that, we transformed ourselves. Um, and so we're going to do this together. I'm really excited. It's going to be awesome. We're all going to learn. We're all going to start like way down here. Um, and even if you're going, I'm not an intellectual. I don't like to think about things. You know, um, we're commanded to love the Lord our God with all our heart, our soul, and our minds. Um, and you're not commanded to love God with all of John Piper's mind. And you're not commanded to love God with all of Caleb Drehash's mind. You're commanded to love God with the mind he gave you. So you don't have to be an intellectual. Um, you just have to give um, your heart and um, give your time and your mind to it. So that's what we're going to do together. And that's the only expectation. So I'm going to give it over to Brianna, and she's going to kind of around some of the details of that. Hi. Um, so yeah, October 8th is when we're going to start. And it's going to be every Saturday for seven weeks um, at 1030, 1030 to 1130, um, at the Performing Arts School. I haven't even been in there where it'll be, but just go to that door and come. Um, and this is the sign-up sheet. Um, the books, if you need one, is $12, but if you can't afford a book, don't let that stop you. Come and talk to us and we'll get you a book. Um, and then childcare will be provided. It's $2 per kid per week, and you can just pay that each week when you have it. So please sign up. Um, we'll get books ordered. and. Yeah, the sign-up sheets are right there. Thank you. Thank you both. Um, so with that in mind, women, with that happening, um, again, I would really encourage all you ladies to, to go ahead to, to sign up for that. It's going to be great. So something that we've been doing here is we've been talking about stuff, right? This is stuff. Like, it's practical. It's, it's ground level. But again, like, what I want to do is drive us back to the fact that this is all working to fulfill the mission that we've set out before, that God has set out before us to make disciples who make disciples. None of these things that are happening are outside of that. None of these things are happening outside of that vacuum. Hospitality. It means that we're together regularly, that we're creating environments where we can be together and love one another, encourage one another, and to stir one another up to love and good works, like Hebrews 10 says. And then, on, on, with, with women, like women, we need to be able to create intentional space. Men, we need to be able to create intentional space for our wives. Women, you need to be able to create intentional space for your wives to dive into God's Word. Um, and so, like, I hope that you see that each of these things is being pressing us towards for the fulfilling of this mission. We're not, we're not implementing programs again. We're not implementing methods. We're implementing um, things that drive us for, to further obedience in, in Jesus Christ. Um, so with that in mind, just a couple of things that I wanted to mention that are on our radar that are coming soon. Um, either people have asked us about these or this is what's been placed on our heart. Um, one is men. Um, while there's a study going on now for women that will be happening in October, men, there is an ongoing study, Bible study, um, where there's in-depth study happening that happens on Friday mornings at 6 a.m., you know, that's early, right? That's very early. Um, and Mark leads that and at the Two Rivers Performing Arts School. They meet downstairs, and uh, and uh, they're studying the book of Romans right now, which is, if you spend time in Romans, you know that's a difficult book. They're doing a lot of the same things that, uh, that Rebecca was talking about, creating um, a, an understanding of a larger contextual understanding within the narrative of Scripture. With that in mind, Ben, also, we want to do something um, related to uh, fatherhood for men. Um, and, and there's really nobody better that I know to, to help with that than Mark, because Mark raised six kids, um, and none of all of them are are doing <laughs> doing great. And because I'm married to my wife, right, then I, uh, I I love her, and so she did he did an incredible job with her. So um, so. <laughs> So, so we want to be doing something um, related to fatherhood. So that, that might appeal to some of you younger guys, but some of you older men who are in here too, like we need, we need young guys 
boy, do we ever need some, some intentional time spent with guys who have raised kids. Um, and in any way, like practical wisdom, uh, pointing us back to the gospel, whatever that looks like. Um, so yeah, we're thinking about that, and we're maybe thinking about culminating that in a retreat, maybe with some older, or older kids, like spending time away, intentional time um, together, doing those things. So um, with that in mind, um, we'll, we'll go ahead and keep singing, and then uh, we just have a couple things, and then we'll wrap up. Yeah. So Ralph is going to come up now. Um, something that we have done, we've talked a lot about the community element, right? And then we've talked a lot about uh, some different opportunities that are happening within the, uh, the, the life of Buffalo City Church. But now we kind of want to turn our, our attention to some of the organizational parts of the church. And if you've been in church or you know anything, if you know anything about any kind of organization, um, there is a financial aspect to it. Um, so we as a people have not actually talked about finances at all. In, in, the, in the corporate worship gathering. So um, something that the Lord has pressed upon us is to, is to give us give you a picture of what, what it looks like to be operating Buffalo City Church. It's a, little, it's a little different because we obviously don't have a building. We don't have a, this space. We rent. Um, but there are expenses that we have and that we accrue. So part of our goal as a people is to be good stewards of the resources that God has given us. Our time, our talent, our gifts. Um, whatever it is, and, and that includes our finances. This is part of bringing everything under the Lordship of Jesus. This is part of that, that, uh, that costly discipleship uh, that, that occurs. Um, so even, even as we talk about that, or as we begin to sort of flesh some of that out this fall, um, what we want for you all to see also is that we as a church operate and desire to, um, desire to be good stewards of what God has given us as resources here within this, within this congregation. So with that in mind, I'm going to turn it over to Ralph, and he's going to take three, four, or five minutes to talk about the, the finances of Buffalo City Church. I'm not sure what your reaction is when people get up to talk about money. Um, it's not ministry, right? It's not taking care of kids. It's not having uh, women's Bible studies. It's not about anything other than money. Except that the Bible talks about a spiritual gift of giving. The Bible talks about uh, supporting uh, missionaries, uh, churches supporting other churches, uh, churches taking care of their pastors. So it's all, it's all based on biblical principles. It's not, you know, we're not asking for money because um, you need to give money. It's because that's what's required in order to provide the ministry and do the things that the church does. So I want to start with uh, giving you a little bit of history. Uh, nobody has talked today about where this all started. And I don't want to go into a lot of detail, but Mark and Caleb actually started talking about planting a church somewhere in the upper Midwest almost three years ago. Um, I got brought into the picture, and there's a whole bunch of details about that that I won't go into today, about two and a half years ago. So the planning of this goes way back. And part of that, of course, is the finance piece. Um, we started to ask churches uh, to tell them what we were going to do and to ask them to pray for us. We didn't ask any churches for any money. We didn't ask any individuals for any money. We just told them this is what we're going to do. So starting um, in probably January, well, February, we actually filed uh, papers with the state to become a company, to become an entity that is Buffalo City Church. And um, at about the same time, some of the churches that we had contacted started giving us money. This would be uh, February of 2015. Um, and of course, Mark and Caleb hadn't even moved to Jamestown at that point. Uh, they moved here in June. Um, and by August of that year, uh, we probably had somewhere around $55,000 in the bank. That is when we started, and, and of course the basis for a lot of this was that Mark and Caleb would be bivocational. So they wouldn't just be taking a salary from the church, they would also work in the community uh, to help support themselves. And primarily to be engaged in the community for ministry. So in August we started paying them. Um, we then started uh, buying equipment, buying music equipment, uh, things for the kids' church, 
the things that it would take to start actually having services, which we then started in October, which also kicked in rent. Um, so, uh, the churches that were providing either a one-time gift, and, and most of it was a one-time gift that we got from these churches, there were three churches that gave us monthly gifts through the end of last year. Uh, one church continued to give us monthly gifts until May of this year. So, just so you understand, the money that is being used today to support the ministry of this church comes from the people that are sitting in this room. We don't get any money from anybody else. We don't have any churches supporting us. We don't have any funds coming from outside of the people that are sitting here today. This year, if we, go, if we just talk about this calendar year, uh, we have taken in approximately $8,500 per month. We have also spent about $8,500 uh, per month. The primary, uh, uh, the, the biggest percentage of that is to support Mark and Caleb. We also have rent uh, for, this, for this space. Uh, we also have four organizations that we currently give money to. We felt uh, as elders that it was important for us to tithe. And so we have selected four ministries, two of them in Jamestown, Youth for Christ and uh, Christian Valley Christian Counseling Center. Uh, and we support them on a monthly basis. We also support a missionary family and we support a uh, missionary hospital, and we can, we'll talk about that at some point in more detail. Um, that's really where the money goes. Uh, there are incidentals every month. Uh, so that's, that's the income and that's where we spend the money. The other piece of what we've done is the building that we own. Um, oh, probably about a year ago, a little more than a year ago, <clears throat> Mark and Caleb were living in the same house together. I would have never done that. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, either with my parents or my kids. <laughs> either way, it wouldn't work. It doesn't, doesn't happen. Um, won't happen. <laughs> um, anyway, we knew at that point that that, that wasn't going to be a long-term plan, that at some point they were going to split into two different households. Um, we also knew that we needed uh, office space. And at the same time, Mark started talking about the possibility of having a school, a performing arts school. So we started to add up what that would cost, uh, an apartment or a house to rent for Caleb, uh, offices, and, and we couldn't come up with anything that would be much cheaper than $2,000 or $2,500 per month. So at about the same time, the Red Plum Building became available, came for sale. And so we started to talk to the owners of that building about buying the building, what it would cost, what that would mean, what we could do with it, because it was kind of a mess. Um, and at that point, uh, they wanted $125,000 for the building. Uh, we went to the Northern Plains District of the EFCA and asked if they would, and they had asked what they could do to help us. Um, and they had not provided any financial support. Some of the churches had, but the district itself had not. Uh, they agreed to loan us $60,000 at no interest. We would take half of that money as a down payment on the building. We got a, ba a bank to finance the rest of it. And uh, we used the other $30,000, or we're in the process of using the other $30,000 to remodel the building. It's not quite done, but we're close. And now that we have a date that somebody's going to use that building for in October, uh, maybe we can make that happen. We're really close, so hopefully that room will be ready. It's a big room. So it provides offices for the um, church, for Mark and Caleb. Uh, Caleb and his family live upstairs, so it's the apartment upstairs that's being lived in. Um, we have a big room that we're going to use for all kinds of community gatherings that we think will be a great ministry. And the school is there. Uh, Caleb pays $800 a month in rent and Mark pays $500 a month in rent for the school. That more than covers the payments that we make on what I would call the first and second mortgage. We really don't have a second mortgage. They didn't file on it, but it's the same thing. Uh, so by the time we pay insurance and the other uh, things that go on in that building, we're, we're probably actually making a little bit of money. Not, not a lot, but we're making some. So it doesn't cost us anything and it's providing, I think, a savings of probably $1,000 a month. Um, for 
what we would otherwise have spent uh, paying someone else. So that, that, in a nutshell, is our financial picture. Um, we obviously have some other things that we would like to do from a ministry standpoint that, that require additional funding. We're not going to deficit spend. We're not the Fed, so we can't print money. Um, so it is going to require people uh, giving additional funds, uh, deeping, uh, dipping a little deeper into your pockets, uh, being more sacrificial. What I mean, you talk about all kinds of different ways of doing this. Um, in order to do those things, we're going to need additional funds. So uh, think and pray about that. If the Lord leads you to give uh, more than you are currently, great. Uh, if not, we'll do with what we have. Thank you. Awesome. So a good friend of mine this week said when we start talking about money, we all get weird. So um, weirdness over. We can, we can dispel with the, the weirdness. Um, the, uh, thanks, Ralph, for being... For, for doing that, for providing that, and for being the arbiter of weird. So, um, so now what we want to do, and, and I guess maybe even I want to follow up with that, is just like we as a people come together to do this, and we, we, we want to be doing this, and we want, it, it, there's, there's no, there's no um, we're not hiding the fact that, that, that it requires money to move into mission. Like the mission is contingent on our ability to, to, to finance things. And so we as a people want to be giving sacrificially if we believe and we stand behind what, what the mission of Buffalo City Church, we exist to make disciples who make disciples. At some point, that's going to cost us something. It's going to cost us our lives. We talked about that earlier, but it's also going to talk, cost us a little bit of sacrificial giving. So we as a people, we'll put that behind us now. We as a people then, that leads us then into the last thing that I want to, I want to mention this morning. And then we're going to sing another song or two. And then we're going to, we'll be done this morning and, and we'll all be home in time for NFL kickoff. But... Here, um, <laughs> no, um, here, um, right now, what we want to be doing, we haven't done this yet, and this is important for us. We want to be entering into a time where we can, as people, be partnering together regularly with an advanced level of accountability. So that means for us, as we look at being a church, so far we've organized ourselves and it's just kind of been come in and come out the door, um, do, do various things. But, but we understand that the Bible holds us to some very specific standards. We've talked about some of those this morning. We've talked about the mission. We've talked about how we as people want to, to organize our, our, ourselves. And so the Bible actually talks about the body of Christ, right? It talks about the body of Christ. If you think about a body, right, there are many members. So the scripture tells us there's one body, and Christ is the head, and there are many members of the body. And that word actually comes out of the same word that we get uh, partnership. Um, Larry gave us some Greek earlier. Um, that we get the word partnership, that we get the word participation, and that we get the word fellowship. All those words are intricately tied together, including including the term membership. And so your body members, your body has parts, your body um, has participants. My fingers participate when my brain tells them to, right? And so we as a body are coming together and we want to say, hey, what we want to do as people is call each other into an advanced level of accountability with one another over a few just defined, um, defined terms. So over the course of the next few weeks, we talked about this in the spring a little bit, but God moved in our hearts to kind of hold off just a little bit and, and make sure that we had some, some ground level stuff, some floor, ground floor stuff in place so that we could we can enter into this as people regularly. Now, this, is, this might not be for you. Like, we understand that. What we're not doing, what we're not concerned with is getting a bunch of people to sign their name on a list. And so we can say, hey, look at how many members we have. We don't care about that. We, I could care less about that. If it's two people or if it's 200, I, it's, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. That's not what God call, is calling us to. God is calling us to be together, um, to hold one another accountable, and at a few and a few basic Christian things. And again, the on-ramp here, we said that the that discipleship is costly. Um, but what we were doing is defining the lowest of level things so that we can partner together. We can hold one another accountable in these areas. So I'm just going to give you these and just, just talk about them real briefly. Um, and then we will... Um, and then we'll, we'll sort of move into a time of worship um, and then be, be done for the morning. So we've sort of created this document, right? And, and it's just called a, it's just called a covenant, just a membership covenant. It's just an agreement between two different parties um, to uphold and to hold one another accountable for, for a couple of different things. So the first thing is just simply this. We talk about what it means to follow Jesus a lot, and we talk about the fact that, that uh, in order to participate together in the local church, the, the first thing is that you've trusted Christ. 
um, that you've heard the gospel clearly, that you understand that your state is a sinful one, and that you need to move, be moved from death to life, and that can only happen um, through the person and work of Jesus Christ, that you've trusted Jesus fully, not relied on your own works, that you're not boasting in your own works, but that you've come here, and that you've recognized that, that Jesus is the only way to, to God the Father. Um, the second thing is just this, the participation in the ordinances. We make this really easy. We, I preached on the ordinances in July. We make this really easy for you, right? You show up, um, and, and when we do the Lord's Supper, just participate together with us if you're a believer in Jesus. And then baptism, we ask you to consider baptism. Um, I know that there are some different viewpoints in baptism in here, and we, we're talking through that. Um, but but we ask that you participate together in, in the ordinances. That's it. A unified understanding of baptism is not required, but it is something that we want to be working towards together. Um, next one, just simply practice togetherness. That's what we've talked about a lot this morning, right? We talked about being together in community, loving one another, stirring one another up to, to love and good works, doing those things that are uh, that are talked about in Hebrews chapter 10, not forsaking the meeting together, but being regularly together, as is the habit of some, but being in the habit of meeting regularly to, together, whether it be in the, in the Sunday morning context, um, in the community group context, or in the authentic, organic community throughout throughout the week. Um, the next one, Ralph just talked about money. Um, we were talking about practicing stewardship and generosity. That we would be good stewards of the resources that we have, that we would encourage one another to be good stewards of the resources that we have, that we would be generous. We'd be generous to give to the local church, but we'd also be generous in our, in our, in our world, with our time, and our resources, and our talents, and whatever it is. That we'd be a people, even like Larry and Sheila talked about, and, and, and Emma talked about with hospitality. This is part of the overflow of what it means to have understood that we have been in Christ given everything. It's an overflow of what we've been given. There, he has withheld nothing from us. He has withheld, God has withheld nothing from us. He gave us his own son to die on our behalf. And so there's an overflow of stewardship and generosity that takes place as a result of the fact that God has entrusted us with resources that are ultimately his. Um, the, the fifth one is just to practice discipleship in the home. For, for parents of young children practicing discipleship at home, we, we understand that the, the home is really the first expression of the church, right? So the home is the first expression of the church in that we have been, if you are a parent, entrusted with kids. If you have a spouse, you've been entrusted with that individual uh, to, to be the primary disciple maker there. If you're single, that means supporting and, and building up and, and affirming people in, in the home type setting. Um, and then finally, we talked about being on mission together, being on mission together in our community, looking for intentional opportunities to be together as a people, to love one another, um, and then to express that to people who have not yet experienced the love of Jesus. So you see that those things aren't crazy. They're not, they don't, they don't make us like, they're, 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 again, they're low-lying, basic Christian principles that we just want to enter in together um, with some advanced accountability. And so what we're going to be doing then as a church is in our community groups and then in a couple of additional occasions um, in our community groups, Mark and I will be just showing up at your community group and we'll be talking about these, um, just these things. And we'll, we'll, we'll just go through the, what we believe as a church, the mission, the vision, and values, flesh those out a little bit more for you in community. Um, and then we'll talk about these six things together and then what next steps might be in order to enter into the membership process. Your heart stirred to just uh, to enter into this advanced sort of accountability with us. We'd love for you to participate again. We understand that it's not going to be for everyone. We hope that you would move towards it. But again, it's not something that um, it's just something that we want to do as people, so that we can say together, we are Buffalo City Church, and this is what it means to. It doesn't mean that no one is anyone is excluded from this setting. It doesn't mean anyone is excluded from from community group. What it means is. Hey, welcome into my life. I'm giving you a, an opportunity to speak truth to to me um, at, at an advanced at an advanced level. So, with that in mind, um, just be looking for that. Your community group leader will set that date for you. There will be a couple of additional dates again, probably late September, early October, um, where we'll have some time either at um, some time during the week if you're not there in community group that week, or if you haven't yet joined a community group where you can come learn a little bit more about the church. And in addition to that, that class or that, that time will be ongoing. We'll be, we'll be doing that every couple of months for people who come into the church and who are interested in just simply what Buffalo City Church is about or um, are interested in membership going forward. So with that in mind, um, that's where we're going to, to wrap up this morning. I just want to say one final thing um, before we sing. Um, and that's just I hope that you, I hope that you see this, like, this as not an expression of... Uh, not an expression of what we want to do or pet projects or anything like that. 
what I hope that you see this morning is that this is this is something that's rooted in worship, right? So we've sung and we've sort of punctuated our time together with singing. But being together as the people of God is an expression of worship. It is. Um, because Mark said, when, when he said just a moment ago, we want to move back to the vertical, um, there is no vertical without horizontal. The Bible tells us very clearly uh, that, uh, that uh, an expression of love for neighbor, an expression of love for brother, is a direct fruit, a direct result of what it means to love God. If you say, I love God, but hate your brother, um, then you are, you, you, that, that, it's impossible. It's just, it doesn't work. So we as a people want to be doing that regularly. We want to be um, cultivating those horizontal relationships. And we want to be making disciples who make disciples. So let's sing together and we'll wrap up.